This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Well, on a cold and damp night in Husky Stadium, the Washington Huskies lost to Oregon yet again 26-16. to the Huskies were inept on offense, soft up the middle on defense, and surrendered at the end instead of fighting to win. It didn't seem very all-in to me, but on top of it all, our immature fake tough guy coach threw another tantrum and punched one of his players in the face mask on national TV. Was there any chance the player was physically hurt? No, but it looked pretty bad, and had it been a high school coach, he would have been fired already this morning. As Steve Sandmeyer tweeted uh, late last night, a former fundraiser that somehow became an athletic director, a wannabe head coach, a two-thirds empty stadium, stubborn arrogance, complete disregard for reality. Next generation of boosters can't afford boats and won't care about a program that takes people and money for granted. Pull your head out of your ass. Here to talk about the game and its ramifications uh, with me are Joey Dangerously and Willie Doog. And gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, would like to hear your thoughts. And this week we'll start with you, Willie. Uh, take it any direction you want, be it the game itself, the aftermath, the, uh, the, the physical assault on a defenseless player in the sideline, wherever <laughs> you want to go. <laughs> I, I don't know what I did to earn the, uh, to earn the leadoff, uh, you know, uh, the the leadoff spot, but you know I, I I'm excited to have it. You know I'm, I'm not excited about that game I had to watch last night. The only thing, the only positive to me was that I didn't go to the game. Uh, I was like, <laughs> uh, we were gonna like I was on the fence. I could have gone, but you know a lot our, our usual group who goes, most people couldn't go, and I was like, I don't want to go in the freezing rain and watch Washington lose to Oregon 20, uh, 34 to 17. So uh, right. That was positive. I have one thing to open up. Uh, 2016, September 30th, 2016, Christian McCaffrey in Husky Stadium with a bad quarterback. 12 carries, 49 yards. Travis Guy, 28 carries for 211 and a touchdown. That is what has happened to Husky football. Uh, I, you know, it, I, I kind of know, I feel like I kind of have a, a broken record where lately in the past few years I harp on this players in the Pac-12 and stuff that I think are, like, trash. (laughs) It's embarrassing because I grew up going to Husky Stadium, and you'd be there and you'd watch. One of the the great things about being having season tickets growing up and going to Husky Stadium is you would get to see amazing players over the years, and even if they beat you or you had a good game, uh, you know, that you'd kind of have those memories and be like, yeah, I watched, you know, this amazing player from USC or UCLA or – you know, even Oregon over the years, and you're like, I, I got to see that. And now you just have these players that are just like, how is this, how are you getting just run train on by this guy? And this is the ultimate low point, I think, uh, of that. And this is, I'm going really deep now. Uh, overall, sure. uh, my, 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 uh, uh, my, my short summary is I thought it was going to be like the UCLA game. Uh, they would lose, like, you know, it would be a, the defense would be pass defense would be okay, but they just get run on for six and seven yards over and over again, and the offense would be terrible. And you know, basically they lost twenty four to sixteen. If you take away, you know, the stupid uh, safety at the end, they lost to UCLA twenty four to seventeen. Almost exactly the same game. Uh, you know, and the offense is terrible. That offense, you take away the safety and basically the touchdown they got on a more or less a pick six that offense scored seven points uh at home against a very average Oregon team that's that's my my opening statement <laughs> yes joey uh yeah that's uh, about an average Oregon team that just made you submit and quit in the fourth quarter. Uh, I was trying to think of, uh, I was trying to think of um, comparable teams to that. And 
like as far as Oregon goes, and you'd have to go back, you know, 15 years to a team like that. And if that, if, I mean, really, our offense, just a little bit of life could, could, you know, win these, these games, but we have nothing, nothing to offer offensively. Uh, it's it's getting it's getting sad. It's getting tiring. It's it's starting to burn me out uh, watching this team. Um, just frustrating. Yeah, I can't agree with you more on Travis Dye. I mean, I mean it's just a pedestrian fucking running back. Not everybody's hyping up for some reason. You know, RG three. RG three was comparing him to that guy from uh, New Orleans. <laughs> That I'm forgetting his name. Kamara. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, g- give me a break, right. man. That, that, so that game's going to go um, go down. Uh, people are going to, like, try to bring it up with, you know, the, the game Maurice Jones-Drew had probably. And uh, who else had some big games? In uh, in that there was runs he had where if if they had like Lamichael James or Kenyon Barner or DeAnthony Thomas they were touchdowns. <laughs> like, oh yeah, absolutely. With one of those three running backs, they would oh, have that had play like, where he got uh, ran down. He got yeah. ran down. Yeah, he got ran <laughs> down <laughs> behind. Like, I'm not going to cut you off, but I think the way to sum it up is just like the eye test of like you know used to watch. And as much as I hate Oregon, you go back and you would look at those teams, you know, in the Chip Kelly years and stuff like that, uh, and you were like, yeah, that's a good football team. I mean, you looked at that team and you're like, what is this? It's like it's like you're watching, like, a high school team. I mean, granted, these are the, the Huskies are, you know, losing to this team, but you're just like, how is, how is this Pac-12 football? Like, I, I'm not going to rant on that anymore, but the eye test is terrible. Like, Thibodeau was, like, their only guy who looks like a – player there's no there if you watch college football you know all day just no team looks well besides georgia and you know and bama uh there's like no team that that you you'd say like if washington had a middle middle of the road offense like none of these teams would scare me that you watch on saturday like college football oh absolutely it's it's weird. It's it's gotten so weird. Like uh, this transfer portal is like killing college football. I mean, it is honestly, it feels like high school. school. It looks like high school. It's got a, it, like watching yes. Oregon. It's kind of like it looked like watching a team where you're like in high school and you're like, okay, this program, you know, has like a winning history and they have some coaching a little bit, and so they beat you just because they have like this tiny ounce of, like, you know, confidence because they're, like, Ferndale. But you're, like, I, that's why we lose. And it's, like, yeah, it's just college football is kind of becoming this weird – it's becoming more high school to me where it just seems like, you know, the difference is just, like, a slight mental thing, and that's it. And not having an offense. I mean, I'm all over the place right now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, love no, we're, we're, I, I love how you – I love how you – I love how you use Ferndale as an example and not O'Day, but and they ran the same. They ran the same fucking play. They, they would run the same play over and over and over and over, and they'd get sixty points every game. They'd, they'd run the same fucking play out of the wing D. I mean, that's just you know, that's a team that beat. They were our bully growing up. We're bitter. <laughs> Oh no, I'm just I'm laughing because everybody to, to each his own, you know. It's like you guys are up north, and so you, you your your poll is Ferndale, and I would say you know O'Day or maybe even Gonzaga Prep or something. <laughs> so I just found that funny. Uh, um, and I, so I, I want to say like okay, I think like four four or five years ago, I was looking at uh, just. Just to who was in the middle of of points per game, uh, and I think it was like thirty points per game was, you know, like sixty fifth or whatever it was. So there's one hundred and thirty teams, and yeah, whoever was in like sixty fifth 
place of the rankings for stats. It was like 30 or 30.5 or something. And this year it's 28.6 points per game. Like that, hmm. that's all, that's all the offense needs. If the offense could be 65th, like, could be undefeated. It could be undefeated. <laughs> like, like this. Joey, you have uh, you have several talents. And, you have several talents, and one of them is helping me come up with uh, titles for for our episodes. So, you just did it again. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Oh, by the way, it's good to hear. Good to hear Steve Sandmeyer. Uh, you know. Uh, call everybody out. I didn't. Oh. I didn't see that yes. yesterday. So that's that's good. That's that's probably why he's not on the radio anymore. <laughs> and he was probably my favorite guy on uh, on KJR when uh, when I used oh. to listen to it on a regular basis. Not me. So Oof. I didn't like him. <laughs> I have newfound respect for him. I, I know. I I always thought he was. I compared him once. I think this was back on the Dogman days, or maybe it was on the old Husky Half Brains website. Um, but I remember comparing Sandmeyer to um, remember that little critter that would sit on the shoulder of Jabba the Hut. <laughs> that oh, was yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I'm forgetting the guy's name. What's the guy? Uh, Mitch Mitch Levy. So he Mitch in Levy? this scenario, he he yeah in that scenario he would be Jabba, and then Sandmeyer was the little guy on his shoulder just popping off, but not bringing much else. So that was the way I always viewed him there. So, Well, I, like, but, uh, I always it, liked how he killed I, – I always liked how he killed the Mariners organization all the time, so. <laughs> and des- deservedly so. so Mitch Lee, he's to... moved on to, uh, to greener pastures with Hotshot Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to step on anybody's toes here, so to speak, but uh, it, should I go ahead and uh, we have this thread where people are, are making comments and giving questions in regards to the podcast, and I'll just start reading from some of them. Okay. Yeah. Sound good to you guys? Okay. Yeah. Uh, first of all, somebody who was it on here, Bleached Anus Dog, wants us to bring Marcus <laughs> Peters onto the podcast. Um, <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> if he'll, if he'll come, yeah. That would be fun, Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. Grundle, Grundle Stiltskin wants us to bring up bring Dane Crane uh, onto the pod. Did you guys see? Did you see Dane Crane's tweet from last night? Oh, I, yeah, uh, I, I think did. I, I did forgot see what it was. Somebody, yeah. It was something along the lines of he said that um, it would hard. It would be hard to believe that if uh, Morris was out there doing meth in the huddle, that he would look any worse or something like that. So, and. <laughs> And, and by the way, I don't. I am not mad at all at Morris, and uh, you know, it's he seems like a nice kid, and this it's just not his uh, his fault. He shouldn't be out there. O'Brien should have gotten a chance by now, if not Heward. Um, so I don't. I don't have any fault with Morris. He's just in a very difficult situation uh, where half the fan base uh, hates him right now. It seems like, uh, or one third, or whatever. So. Um. So C. Fetters Nacho Lover put a lot of thought into this post. I mean, in the nine years of Hardcore Huskies' existence, this is the most effort I've ever seen our our famed moderator uh, exert here. But uh, he has seven questions, and three of them are actually worthy of repeating. Uh, is is the striking of a player going to be the final nail in Jimmy's career coffin? What no. say you guys? No. no. Uh, I don't think so either. I no, I, I I don't think so. I mean, it would be maybe it, it could be, you know, the lucky thing that they could use. But I don't think they even want to get rid of him. So uh, I don't think it. I don't think it will be. No, um, that was it, it was it was pretty it was pretty weak. It was it was nothing. I don't think it was any any big deal. He's he stupid. <laughs> here's the but, you know. here's the one thing, 
and, and everybody out there that would be triggered by this, this is not really an overtly political comment that I'm going to make, so don't worry. We're not going down the, rab the rabbit hole or anything. But we have a, an extremely liberal university in an extremely liberal city, and optics are very, very important to these people. And, and that video is a real uh, pebble in the shoe, so to speak. Um, and, and it just depends on whether they're in Jen Cohen's office right now or at, at Upper Campus in Anna Marie Cochise, if that's, I don't know how you say her last name, but uh, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but her la if they're in her office right now sweating bullets and trying to, you know, temper the whatever, um, that would be the one thing. Well, they're they're certainly having meetings about it. I guarantee that, and and I know that they're worried about the optics. There's no question about that. Probably, well, probably a a couple emails. <laughs> I have no faith in this this whole. I have no faith in the upper management. I just have no. Faith. Oh, he's, I, you know. <laughs> um, there's I a bunch say, of posts here. Yeah, please go ahead. Uh, it's not that brilliant of a thought. It's ironically in the thing of, you know, everything. I feel like Oregon and Washington do a lot of this, <laughs> a lot of things, and it just works out for Oregon. It doesn't for Washington. Where it's kind of similar to the thing earlier in the year where Cristobal, uh, Gil Rod Gilmore tried to make a controversy out of Cristobal yelling at that kid, and it wasn't a big mm. deal. Uh, but they, people kind of tried to make it. Uh, but it's the same thing to me. It's like not. A big deal, but if it gets Jimmy fired, yes, it's a big deal to me personally. <laughs> I, I think, uh, I think the kids Polynesian who was yelling at, let's get the Polynesian, you know, uh, you know, Association of America on the on the horn, yeah. get them to, uh, you know, file a complaint because that was Rod Gilmore's thing too against Crystal Ball was, you know, a white. Yeah, he made guy it a race. He made it a race which, issue. Technically, Cristobal's not even white. He was trying to say it was the optics thing. <laughs> and he doubled down on it, too. I feel like oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, is, is there any is there any, uh, is there any Polynesian uh, color commentators out there to go after Jimmy? I can't think of any off the top of my head. It's a good point. I, don't well, think, want... I can't think of a single one. No. That's a good point. I can't think well, of it. Hey, I think I think we've uh I think we've found an issue for the Polynesian community here. <laughs> There's a, I mean Jack Thompson, Samoa Samoa, Vita well Vita Vea is in the pros, but uh this is uh that's that's oppression. <laughs> <laughs> that is oppression. <laughs> No, there, there's there's a mantle to be taken up by Hardcore Husky now. So, <laughs> <laughs> look what we've done Poly for the yeah, Polynesian po <laughs> Polynesian broadcasters matter. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is going off the rails. <laughs> oh, and somebody out there is offended, you know. <laughs> We can't. We can't make everybody happy. <laughs> um, you know, we could go on about Jimmy hitting that defenseless player on the sideline, but you know, there's no point. I don't even. I guess I look to you guys here to help in terms of just kind of steering the ship of conversation. I, I, I don't. I feel like we're kind of anything that I feel chambered up in my mind and ready to say right now. I've already said in previous podcasts, and I don't want to be redundant and. And therefore, uh, uh, you know, risking being boring to the audience or whatever. But what do you guys? Where do you guys want to take the conversation? You know, uh, Jimmy. The, Jimmy's the, not going. Jimmy's offense, not going anywhere. The offense squandered a pretty heroic defensive effort in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. The lack of offense squandered it. I mean, that defense was that defense was playing out of its mind in the first half. And I'm again a traditional fucking fluky luck organ pass at the end of end of the half, you know, gets them up ten to nine, and, and pretty much game was over right then and there. <laughs> you know, they didn't. That's the sad part. That was sad. We we you know we looked at each other watching the game uh, 
together yesterday. We're like, we're like, it's over, it's over. But yeah. that was it right there. <laughs> it's done. The reason I laughed is because that right, first after, down. right after that touchdown, and I looked at the boards, and I don't remember who it was, but somebody posted, and they said, this 10-9 deficit somehow feels insurmountable. A 9-3 lead felt insurmountable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think, you know, we can talk a little bit about the game. I mean, even though it's kind of, you know, just another, another uh, drop in the bucket of Oregon games versus Washington. But, yeah, they, they squandered a very winnable game that would have been a huge momentum for the program and just to, you know, one, beat Oregon for the first time since 2017. And then, you know, the third time in 17 years or whatever it is. I mean, it was there. I mean, uh, defense was playing really well. Uh, you know, they the offense literally just had to get something going, kick some field goals. I mean, if you can get, like – if they could even got like against Stanford, if they got like three field goals and it was like fifteen to ten at the half, you're like, at, I mean, with the final score, they could have won that game. Uh, but they just, you couldn't be just a zero. I mean, that was just shocking, and in against a defense that was just not that Im- impressive to me. I mean, Oregon has a pretty good run defense. Uh, that d- defensive tackle number three is y- let yet again another Oregon guy who wasn't supposed to be good, doesn't look good. You don't know why he's good, but he's good. Uh, and he just <laughs> killed the Huskies all night. Uh, yeah, it's just hard to describe. They, the Huskies finally had something in the return game. I don't know where that came yeah. from. Uh, and the offense was just, I mean, again, we're just kind of, it's just the same thing. We knew this coming in, and then, we were watching with, you know, some people who are like kind of Husky fans or not Husky fans or casual. And once it was 10-9, everyone was like, why are you guys like it? Like, you think this is over? I'm like, because it is. They're like, no, it's football. It's like a one-point lead. I'm like, this is Washington's offense and this is Oregon, you know, because it also just brought them to life. Because like Oregon was kind of like a little bit, you know, I think a little bit dazed and they kind of got that play and it seemed like, after that, they kind of got some swagger going, and you're like, yeah, you couldn't give them that. If they could have kept them down, I think, in the first half, and, you know, mentally, I think that just brought them to life, and you're like, oh, once they woke up, it was over. Yep, and somebody posted on the boards, and rightly so, and again, I wish I remember who this was to give credit, but they said as, you know, the first half was progressing and Oregon was stumbling and bumbling around and everything, and we had momentum in the lead – but you would look over at the um, Oregon sideline with Crystal Ball, and he was like, he seemed composed, and every and you would see him like he, you could from, tell from his body language that he was uh, encouraging his guys. So there was no sense of panic, at least in terms of those little glimpses onto the sideline that we could get from the camera. And then you'd look over at the Husky sideline, and Jimmy's just like <laughs> having an epileptic fit, <laughs> running around yelling at everybody and. <clears throat> He's constantly yelling at the ref. And, and yeah, and for re- yeah, and, and be one of those things like what, what's he, what's he all been? At? There was one play I don't remember what it was, but he was all mad, and I go, okay, Jimmy has he has issue there. And then the other three four times, I'm like, what on earth are you so unhinged about? So I don't know. I don't it's know. just you know. It was kind of funny, though, because at the very beginning of the game, uh, I think it was RG3 made the comment that, um, no, it was Mark Jones, and he said, you know, that Jimmy was stressing to his players that, you know, uh, they need to maintain composure and they need to make sure that they're – and then, you know, the Huskies have two 15-yard penalties in the first five minutes, and then (laughs) Jimmy's over there doing his, uh, you know, Mark Stoops impression or uh, who's the guy that used to go apeshit crazy down in Arizona? That wasn't Mark, oh. was it? Mike. Uh, Mike. That, Mike Stoops. Yeah, Mike Stoops. He, he, that's what, he reminded me of Mike Stoops last night, watching him go back and forth, or or, uh, or Nick Holt. Um, <laughs> maybe the, it would be the love child of Nick Holt and Mike Stoops uh, on the sideline, just completely unhinged every time you saw him. It was uh, – it's just not a good – 
it's just not a good thing if you're a player and, and your coach is completely out of control like that. So, I don't know. Man, I yeah, don't I know thought, what to say, guys. Uh, <laughs> off topic, I just saw the score. I just saw that Colorado beat the Beavs last night. <laughs> Are you kidding? Uh, it, it beat them in overtime. I didn't. I'm going to go to the score thing now. I did not. Uh, yeah. Not that I don't believe you, but yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I wouldn't believe me either. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you guys were more right than me because uh, I was uh, – I did think Oregon State was the second coming or whatever, but after they beat us and they looked pretty good, I thought, oh, okay, they're going to get eight wins this year. No. <laughs> no, leave it, I still leave, think... it to, uh, leave it to Gregory to play the wrong – Wrong guy at linebacker. <laughs> Eight games. <laughs> Unbelievable. How? Yeah. There's no way that hasn't showed itself in practice. There's no way. Absolutely no way. They've got some. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. There's there's something. <clears throat> there's some weird shit going on with that team and their decisions. There's. If it, if it's true, like I've said it. You know, people disagree with me or whatever, but if uh, if it's true that Sam Heward wants to redshirt, then he's not a competitor. Just fucking, you know. I don't. I don't like that shit. You know, Where did you, you know, hear you that? Wanna, I haven't heard it. Oh, it's been like rumored. I've I've seen people say that you know Damon wants him to redshirt and Sam wants to redshirt, or I think the Duke man guy even said it too. And it's like, well, then fuck him. Tell me he needs well, to play. Duke, if, if the Duke man guy said it, don't we automatically assume it's the opposite? <laughs> we have 81% chance. It's and it's I'm also, I said that for a laugh, but I'm also not kidding. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I don't get it. They're, they're planning on, oh, we, we're going to get, uh, Sam was, uh, um, was going to get a series in the Arizona game. You know, that that tells me, uh, Jimmy, you're overlooking your opponent. You're already planning on uh, getting your freshman into the game. You're overlooking your opponent. I'm not even sure uh, that he really – I'm not sure that was even true. Oh, no, I remember that, but when I heard it, I I thought to myself, bullshit. I don't know that for a fact, but uh, I just thought, oh, that's a bunch of crap. It's either bullshit or uh, you were overlooking your opponent. Well, by the way, Arizona's gotten better and better every week. They beat they beat Cal yesterday, so unbelievable. I think, uh, I, think uh, I think it was Wilner said that uh, Cal was at a severe disadvantage for some sort of COVID protocols. Um, they were. He was, yeah, well, Wilner Wilner uh, cheerleads that kind of COVID protocol bullshit, and then uh, fucking yes. makes excuses for Cal for Cal when it happens to him. So you can't have it both ways, John Boy. <laughs> do you guys want to look ahead to ASU, or do you still want to talk about uh, the Ducks? Uh, look ahead. I mean, I, yeah. The only thing I would talk about that is you know, the quarterback situation, but I mean, I think we've kind of already done that. So maybe we can look ahead. Well, I'm looking at the season stats going into yesterday in Arizona state. Uh, I don't, I don't remember the final score, but it was like 31 to 10 or something like that over, over USC and going into yesterday or Arizona state was averaging 5.4 yards per rushing attempt. And they ran a lot yesterday. Somebody had a, a big game. Um, Rashad White. So let's see here. 31 to 16, that's what the score was. Um, yeah. So USC's, that spelled, spelled trouble for us. But I'm referring to the yards per attempt. That's the first stat I look at whenever we're going to play somebody the next week because I know that's yeah. our soft spot is, is up the middle defensively. And frankly, right. yeah, it's, yeah, uh, a good 202 yards, yeah. Frankly, if uh, Crystal Ball had had tried to get cute with a bunch of sideways throws <laughs> yesterday and stuff, they could have put the game away sooner. Um, 
because all they had to do was just run at us at a, with the you know variety packages and stuff. And I liked how they were using their quarterback to run. Um, and if they if they had just emphasized that heavily from the get go, uh, it uh, probably would have been over a little bit sooner. But um, if you're an Oregon so, fan, you should be worried. Oh yeah. That's oh yeah. Uh, I, th- I think the Coug is going to beat them next week, and Utah is going to fucking wreck them. I think and so. And they, they might they might lose out. <laughs> Oregon might lose out. I, I would not shock me if they lose out. So, you know, all, all these people that want to root for the Pac-12, fuck off. Not rooting for Oregon. <laughs> never rooting. Never rooting for Oregon. Never. Well, you you heard uh, Crystal Ball locker room thing that uh, right? <laughs> no. Yep. Yep. Oh. Uh, so what I believe was, it was, what was that Thibodeau, who also did absolutely nothing. Uh, Free tackles. Uh, um, he posted something on Instagram. It was like from their locker room, and Crystal Ball was saying like. <laughs> It was like last year after like the second five minutes after they canceled that game, like they declared that they were like the champs, motherfucker, like you don't do that shit. And like, you want to beat, you beat that team. You want to let him hear it. Like, uh, and like Thibodeau was doing something of like people talking. Uh, it, it, I, I don't, my last, yeah. So it was like that, which, I mean, I'll, I'll have to share my thoughts since I have, you know, my, my huge public forum here of like one thing of like, they don't even look like they did a couple of years ago with like their posturing. Like I feel last year, two years ago, or 2019, they came up, they won that big game. They did a lot of the down W thing, which they stole from Oklahoma. And like, again, creating like a rivalry thing that no one asked for that they seem to only care about. But they don't seem like they even believe their stuff this year, I feel like. It kind of felt like he's just, like, saying stuff to say stuff. Uh, and Thibodeau's, like, trying to start something that's, like, not even there. Like, uh, but, yeah, I mean, said that, uh, you know, I, I just kind of feel like it's not even, like, a thing. They're just, like, trying to create, like, there's, like, some rivalry or some bad blood or something, but it's just, like – no, that's just you, and you don't even sound like you believe yourself. Uh, well, I think he he knows if he plays Georgia, they're going to lose like fifty-eight to three, <laughs> and so he's just kind of trying to like chess beat uh, as they can barely beat you know these garbage Pac-12 teams. Uh, yeah, and yeah, Crystal Ball also said in that locker room after the game, he said that uh, Washington represents everything that oh, is wrong yeah. in college football. What does that mean? And what I is don't wrong? Know. With what? What? what is that? Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that because I knew there was something that was really bizarre and just weird. It didn't make any sense. What does that mean? Uh, what does that mean? I don't know. We got a mother hen athletic director who is a former fundraiser <laughs> that has no business being a, you know, has no. And that may sound sexist to some people out there, but it's not. It's just it's you know if it was somebody that was. Uh, I don't know, Ivanka Trump or something, I'm all for it. You know what I'm saying? It's like somebody with business acumen or whatever. That probably also pissed somebody else off. <laughs> but, um, no, but my, my my point is is that it's about competency. It's not about anything else. And, and she she clearly has demonstrated she has no idea what she's doing. And um, so from that standpoint, that's we're wrong there. And then we got this. I mean, I don't even, you know, I, I want to compare, in a way, I want to compare Jimmy to Sark, but it's almost like Sark almost seemed a bit more mature than Jimmy. And I always thought, yeah. like, I always thought Sark was like the ultimate fanboy coach or whatever, you know. <laughs> and, it's, and Sark looks like an elder statesman to, compared to this guy. And so from that standpoint, it's just a really bad combination, and, and, and we do not look like a model franchise. Uh-oh, I'm getting feedback here. I'm hearing, hearing my voice come back. Hopefully it's not on the broadcast. But Anyways, oh. I don't know if I answered your question, Willie, but that's that's my response to it. And I don't know if that's what he was referring to or if Crystal Ball was just trying to uh, make waves when no wind was blowing, so to speak, you know. But 
Yeah, I think he was just saying something to, like, sound like a tough guy, but it was like, well, what's wrong with Washington? You're you're kind of cucking yourself because if you're saying what's wrong with Washington is, you know, they're pathetic, as you're saying, with, like, they just do the wrong thing. So then that means you beat a team basically by eight points that does everything wrong. <laughs> In. <laughs> right. That's basically what he was that's what you're saying is like I think that's what he I don't know I, I think he was just random fake tough guy talk uh, which again someone made a really good point on the board earlier this week too where they were saying like Jimmy said stupid stuff but you know with the, with the academically prowess thing but like you know Chris Cabal just says stupid stuff behind closed doors and talks shit on the recruiting trail and calls Chris Peterson racist and then waits to see if he can squeak out a win against the world's worst offense and then says like stupid stuff. So it's like, yeah, like he, he is probably, if you had that hold a conversation with him, he's probably stupider than Jimmy Lake, but he's so <laughs> fake tough guy. He just has to wait till he's behind closed door and then lets it. He, I guarantee you he set up that thing for Thibodeau to leak that so he could like get his statement out there. <laughs> just, I don't know. I'm exhausted. I, I don't know how the crystal ball thing works. He's a doofus, and I don't think he's a good coach. But, again, my last point on the game would be the difference is he hired real coordinators. And you watch that. uh, To me, that was the difference to me. A lot of those Travis Dye runs, you're like, okay, it's not really well blocked (laughs) because their linemen linemen look like terrible physically. Uh, It's not well blocked. The running back's slow and doesn't have to beat anything, but he gets, like, a 25-yard touchdown just because of, like, scheme. Uh, like, he does, no one has to make a play. It was weird. It was, like, I think on Dye's yeah, touchdown well run, yeah, on Dye's touchdown run, I was, like, the announcer tried to make it sound like he did something, but I'm, like, okay, these six-foot, two-and-a-half, like, 285, out-of-shape linemen from, like, Deming, Washington – like, how are these guys blocking anybody? And then you see it, they're like, well, not really. They just kind of schemed it. And he, this slow, tiny running back kind of just runs in for a touchdown and one guy misses a tackle. But, I mean, that's because he hired coordinators. He has coordinators. And that's the difference. And, you know, when you have a bad, you know, bad wide-open parody in the Pac-12, is like, well, if you have coordinators who know how to call plays or dial up a defense, you're going to win these games. So you're saying that Crystal Ball didn't go down to the Eugene Millionaires Club to get some uh, coordinators? <laughs> I think I, no. I think he's <laughs> an absolute doofus, and he's scared. And he will not take any of these SEC jobs because he's a scared, fake, tough guy. And he knows if he he's like Jim Mora when Jim Mora was like, "Oh, uh, Washington's my dream job," but he wouldn't take it because he knew he would get his ass kicked. Which is like if you're crystal ball and Miami wants you and you don't take that job, you literally are the biggest pussy. Like go, go coach your alma mater where you're from, man. Like don't, Oh, well he'll only take it if it's like the right situation. Cause he wants to sit in Oregon and be Phil Knight's like slash. He wants to be the job of the hut guy on Phil Knight's shoulder. Uh, because it's, it's easy. He's scared to go take a real job and have to actually coach. Cause then he couldn't, do his doofus stuff. That's my end of crystal ball rant. I don't know how it works. I, I think there's just some hex to get make everything work for Oregon and not for Washington. Uh, and I'm starting to sound too much like a uh, a lunatic fringe, but that's my, <laughs> my crystal ball thing. He's a doofus, uh, and he's supported by the stupid, like, Oregon, Phil Knight, like, uh, barrier thing. Chip Kelly would beat crystal ball team 70 to 7 every week. Uh you know, and twice on Sunday. Uh, but he just has his little, like, his little, like, set up there, and he's a fake tough guy and says stupid shit. But I probably shouldn't have said all that, but I'm done. <laughs> so, so if you – oh, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement. Uh, so if yes. you get inside his head, right, he, he says uh, Washington's everything that is wrong with college football. So you get, get inside his head, right? So he thinks uh, – I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and like defend. Try to defend any of our coaches or anything. So, but um, uh, graduation rate not important to him, right? <laughs> um, uh, making sure that uh, you know Justin Herbert goes to the pros early instead of coming back 
like he fucking should if he, you know, if if he was a real man, he'd fucking leave. Like you make make your players leave for the pros. Is, is he going to make Thibodeau come back for a year? <laughs> like these players, his players should leave. Go to the pros. But anyways, it, so they're everything that's wrong with uh, college football. So um, it's like acting like acting like a bunch of uh, douchebags. Um, what else? What what else is wrong that you know that uh, crystal ball would think is wrong? You know, what female does he think female athletic directors shouldn't exist? So is he, is he a chauvinistic man, right? African-American head coach. African-American head coach should, shouldn't exist. So not playing uh, somebody's got to call him out. guys have COVID. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he thinks, he thinks you're pussies if you get held out for COVID. How many, how many Oregon players have been uh, held out for COVID? Have you heard of any all year? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No, or the state of Oregon is just as bad as the state of Washington. But maybe some could argue it's worse. So, <laughs> well, how does that work? I and remember by the from way, t- ran ran by a uh, ran by a uh, uh, Chinese sweatshop slave labor leader, uh, fucking creepy old man. That's cool, but uh, yeah, we won't go you know, into that. In, That'll just <laughs> in, no. It's a valid point, though. I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, there's there are there are horrific working conditions, uh, uh, and why it's why so many American. We don't want to turn this into a business or politics podcast, but there's a lot of American businesses that you know utilize the labor in China because they don't have to pay labor union wage wage type of things and uh union scale and um but what was i going to say oh so chuck knox's uh autobiography when he was an assistant coach i think it was like either with the new york jets or detroit lions um do i have that no no excuse me it was when he was head coach with the buffalo bills and okay. they were playing so i i, I believe that so uh, to be right so i think this would then would have been uh sometime in the late 70s um but somebody that they were uh, playing against um, was was popping off in the newspapers with some quotes that was disparaging the team. And then right before kickoff, Chuck Knox came into the locker room and he addressed the team and he said, uh, oh, I think it was Norm Van Brocklin of X-Duck, as a matter of fact, who was coaching somebody at that point. And he said, this isn't about uh, us versus them or, uh, you know, our defense versus their offense or whatever. This is about me versus Norm Bram Brocklin, 50-yard line, a fist fight, man-to-man. Then he walked out of the room. (laughs) And then they went out there and won like 38 to nothing or whatever. So this might be Meathead's uh, attempt to do that. So, Did you ever uh, ever, – here, but or do you remember uh, Sam Weish uh, running up the score on Jerry Glanville? Like, I think it was like in 1987. I've, I've watched videos. Of it. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. Yeah, they <laughs> they hated each other. So, so Sam Weish is like Sam Weish is like putting up 60 points on, on Jerry Glanville. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, so two questions as we close out this week's show. First of all, which offense would you prefer to have uh, on your side, uh, 2021 Huskies or the 2008 Huskies? (laughs) 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 Well, the sad thing is the 2008 could also at least uh, also, you know, Locker was injured. I mean, that's the sad part. You're like, if if you could, uh, the Huskies don't have a injury, like, you know, they don't have a big injury on offense, too. You know, 2008, you're like, if they had Locker healthy, <laughs> you'd take it in a heartbeat. This year, they're healthy, and they're that bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy, we, we used to shit on Tim Lapano, but I would take Tim Lapano. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, yeah. I'd take Tim Lepano in a heartbeat over John Donovan. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I'm trying Stop to think what, what game, what game, <laughs> man, what, what game did Locker get hurt that year? It was like the fourth game, right? Uh, I think it was Stanford. I think they were yeah, playing the bad. And it's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was like the fourth game he got hurt. I think that season. Yeah. And we knew it. They were going Owen. <laughs> yeah. He got hurt. It was like, yeah, oh, they're done. <laughs> they're fucking done. Uh, and then, and then, at, and then after the game, reporters were trying to talk to William about Locker, or was it? No, it was the following Monday. Um, and yeah. and and he was acting completely unconcerned. And they asked him, "Have you I even just, looked into it?" And he goes, "Not yet, but I will." <laughs> I remember uh, <laughs> the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I remember. Uh, <laughs> I remember the classic. Uh, softy uh softy thing on his radio show. He's like he's like, I was in the locker room and I asked Ty Willingham, uh, is, is there any thought of playing Jake Locker at safety? And he looked at me like I had a hand growing out of my forehead. <laughs> um I was I was talking to, uh it was one of the last times I ever talked to Don James and um, I, I remember this. I was sitting in the parking lot of the Lake City parking lot of Fred Meyer, and I get a call from Don James. Um, and uh, we were, uh, I think, oh, he wanted to know how the Willingham book was coming along uh, and, and this kind of stuff. But the reason I bring it up is that we started talking about Willingham, and he said to me that one time he was talking to Tyrone Willingham, and he asked him um, the specific steps that he and his assistant coaches would take during halftime to get the team ready for the second half. And he, and he, and coach James said, every single thing Tyrone said, I would, I would used to do the opposite. <laughs> he, he literally I said that. The, I wonder what that, I wonder what the steps were. I, I, I do remember one thing he said. Uh, he said that um, it had to do with uh it had to do with how he he would oversee his coaches dealing with the players, and I th- I think if I I'm, I'm doing this off memory from from uh, how many years ago would that have been? That would have been a 2013 conversation. So I think he said that they would the first five minutes he would meet with his coaches and 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 give instructions in terms of what he wanted uh, relayed to the players, and then the coaches would go and then meet with their individual groups and make the adjustments and all. And then I think he said that Willingham said that he would let the the players rest and then talk to them in the final two minutes as they were getting ready to go out. I believe I have that right. So. Doesn't sound too egregious. <laughs> um, but well, I mean, if, if you're trying to make James adjustments... Think- <laughs> I, I I look at that as pretty bad, but yeah. Well, if Don James disagrees with you, then I I think I'd take Don James. <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't mean that everything that Don James says is correct, but I mean, um, anyways. Yeah. But that was a, that first part I said was a direct quote in terms of what he told me. But so, uh, anyways, um, so I guess the final the final thing for this week then is Arizona State. Uh, do we do we win this game or do we lose this game? Or do the wheels come off the wagon now, or, or are we going to be competitive? I keep waiting for this team to, like, just mail it in and uh, quit. But they, they're not, they're not like, they're not really tanking. I mean, they, they just get, uh, you know, like the defense just got gassed yesterday. It's not like they gave up. Um yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's a win. It's another game that's uh, seriously winnable because the conference is so shitty. Uh, but it's another game where where you know it's going to be like a like a twenty to twenty to seventeen game, 
uh, win or lose, I mean, I don't see any, uh, I don't have any confidence beating any team. And, uh, the offense just gives you no, no reason to be optimistic about any game right now. So, I mean, how are we down 13 to 12 to Stanford with 22 seconds left? <laughs> that was impossible. That game, that game should not have been close. The game yesterday shouldn't have been close. <laughs> a, me, a middle of the road offense, and that game is over yesterday. Over. The Huskies were starting at like the 50 yard line the whole first half. I mean, that game yep. should have been fucking over. Yeah, because you also say, Jimmy said something that was not as articulate as my brilliant mind was in the postgame conference. I was saying something that, like, yeah, they, the defense couldn't get turnovers because, you know, they weren't forcing Oregon to have to pass the ball. And that's true. I mean, yeah, if their offense had even, you know, gotten up like 23-3, to 3, then Oregon would have had to make Anthony Brown pass and it would have been that ugly, then they would have blown out. But, I mean, oh, they, they, would have they, wouldn't, them. they wouldn't have been able to just run weird counter off tackles with, you know, I mean, yeah, they had it. It was perfectly set up with an offense because not only would the offense score and be ahead, like Oregon would have had to try to, like, do different things and they wouldn't have been able to do that. And Anthony Brown would have thrown five picks probably. Uh, he would have got a couple weird plays like he got because that's just the way he plays. But, yeah, I, uh, uh, I Arizona State's the same exact team. It's like they have a quarterback who's not good and throws interceptions, and uh, but he's mobile so he can break down. You can't really set – they aren't going to be able to sack him. They run the ball well. They have a decent offensive line. They run the ball well. Their defense can stop the run. And that's it. So it was UCLA, Oregon, and Arizona State are the same exact team. They're going to come up. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be ugly. Uh, They're probably going to get a pick from Daniels, and it's going to be like the same exact game as UCLA and Oregon. But then eventually they're going to get a couple of long drives and, you know, salt out like another 24-17 win in Husky Stadium. Uh, is exactly what's kept. But my question is, do the Huskies lose out? I think they lose out now. Uh, going mm. into the Oregon game, I had some confidence. You know, I thought they, honestly, and I stand by it now after watching that game, they should have beaten Oregon. Uh, and I thought things, they had the chance to really turn the season around as much as they could. But now watching that, I'm like, yeah, they're going to lose out. Because Colorado beat Oregon State at home. So Colorado had some life. I don't think they're going to go and, you know, late November and go win at Colorado. So I don't think they're beating the Cougs. Uh, the Cougs have an offense, so they're not outscoring the Cougs. And Delora is a more dynamic player than, you know, Anthony Brown or these other, you know, DTR and stuff like that, in my opinion. And uh, they're not going to be, uh, they're not going to be ASU. So they lose out. I, I think they go four and eight. Yeah, that'd be a, okay. it'd be a disaster. I I I know, I know, I know. People, you know, there's some people who you know want it to go that badly. Uh, I think that I I don't think you can ever shit on going to a bowl game and getting the 15 extra practices. I think that's you know that's that's good for a team. Uh, good, especially a young team. We have like 80 freshmen or something, so that would be good. But yeah, I'm 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 fearing a you know a losing out four and eight situation, and it's it's strictly on it's strictly on one uh one position and you know one coach that is holding this team back. It's very very frustrating, you know. Very frustrating. Well, there's an Oregon. I think we are 109th offense scoring offense. That high? Yeah. Oh, I was I was expecting to go all the way down to 130, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
watch we hire a coach from somebody below us on that ranking then, right? Um, <laughs> well, I was so like, gonna... I was just pointing out, I was pointing out to Wooly Do yesterday, like Brian Brome from Purdue is like, he's making like 385 a year. I mean, he's Purdue's like the 90th ranked scoring offense or whatever, but uh, it's like they're, but they're kind of getting what they paid for, right? So we're we're paying John Don, I think, eight fifty. Yep. Something My like God. that. My God. My God. Yeah, we're getting one oh nine. That's what we're getting. You know? And the by the way, the sixty fifth ranked team is what I was saying earlier. It's South Alabama tied with uh <laughs> Texas South Alabama tied with Texas A and M. Sixty fifth. <laughs> middle of the road, twenty eight point six per game. Uh, that I mean, look, Nebraska's a shit team. They're sixty-four. You know, that's all. All you needed to win this conference was just middle of the road average. That, and you're telling so me that, you're telling me that Pat O'Brien can't do it, or Sam Heward can't can't do better than one oh nine. That's what they're trying to tell us. So there's an Oregon uh, poster named Taggart's U-Haul Driver, and he's talking <laughs> shit on our boards here. And he posted this uh, nine minutes ago. He says, uh, Meathead is 3-0 and against you ass clowns. He forced Peterson into retirement and has set your program back a decade. You're just pissed that your program is receding back to irrelevance faster than your hairlines and will continue to do so as long as he's our head coach. You'd be ecstatic if you had a coach with as much charisma and respect in the locker room as he does. You got punked on your home field by a team that couldn't complete a forward pass and got the ball shoved down your throat by a 180-pound running back. (laughs) No, I'm not going to delete it. uh, We are about... Clever handle. (laughs) We're about free speech here. Um, I could threaten to ban him, but <laughs> well, he's I mean, right. I mean, what? No, he's everything but right. the hair. Everything, everything but the hair. Line. I got, I got all my hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say that to Fudgy either, right? Yeah, right. I mean, the Fudgy's probably in his twenties by now, but. So, yeah, 180 my, pound running back. I, I love it, Steve. <laughs> I, I like it when when even Oregon fans know that they're kind of you know they're kind of jaggish. <laughs> you know, uh, remember remember when uh, it was 2018? I think they uh, um, basically everybody was singing the praises of Herbert, but most of the real fans were like, "Oh no, Devin Mitchell carried this." team like if he didn't have Devin Mitchell they'd they'd kind of be screwed I think he caught like 12 passes uh against the Huskies that year like even the fans knew like uh yeah we know like Devin Mitchell was like like the MVP of the team (laughs) and uh well before we wrap it up you guys have any quick shout outs Other than Tiger Seahawk uh, driver? Tiger Seahawk. <laughs> Sway, Purple Bays, Duke du Jour. <laughs> that was very inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking boxes. <laughs> checking the boxes. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, then we'll uh, talk a week from now after the lost Arizona State. <laughs> same conversation, same time next Same conversation next week. Let's just record it, and you can edit in, you know, Arizona State uh, into everything we're talking about game-wise, I can't, game, game analysis. We, we look so bad against Oregon. And then I go through the editing, we look so bad against Arizona State. <laughs> <laughs> We look so bad against California. We look so bad against 
The Beavers. <laughs> Montana. Michigan. <laughs> so, all right, guys. We'll I don't have to rejoin Twitter. That that was my de- declaration that if they won, I'd rejoin Twitter. So, good. I don't have to rejoin Twitter. <laughs> so thankful. So, all right, all right. guys. We'll we'll talk next week. All right. Okay. Hey, see ya. All right. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hu- hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is, which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level level of cyber peyote, peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. (laughs) I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. (laughs) I'll have to read that one, but...